backdrop against which decisions will be made won't be a booklet, but a mission. President Nelson has said so profoundly again and again and again, the most important thing going on in the world today is what? It's the gathering of Israel. And you are a generation that's been preserved to come to this time where you have the capacity to be the most influential in the history of the world because you're a child of God and God has a work for you to do. That work is the gathering of Israel. So if that is the backdrop we're looking at, how can I best accomplish that work for which I was preserved to come in this age to perform? The reason of the timing of my existence. So how should I behave? How does the way I dress affect my ability to be a light in the world when that's the reason I'm here? I'm Sarah Jane Weaver, editor of The Church News. Welcome to The Church News Podcast. We are taking you on a journey of connection as we discuss news and events of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. During the October 2022 General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles announced a new For the Strength of Youth guide. This episode of the Church News Podcast features the Church's Young Men General Presidency, President Stephen J. Lund and his counselors, Brother Ahmed S. Corbett and Brother Bradley R. Wilcox. The Presidency joins us today to talk about the new guide, Latter-day Saint Youth, FSY Conferences, the Church's 2023 Youth Theme, and so much more. President Lund, Brother Corbett, Brother Wilcox, welcome today to the Church News Podcast. It's good to be with you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Truly. Well, as we mentioned in the intro, we're coming off a historic general conference in which there was so much interest in the For the Strength of Youth Guide President Lund, why don't we start with you and have you tell us everything we should know about that? Wow, that's a tall order, President. <laughs> no I'm listening problem. myself. Let me take off my shoes. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> now, you're right. This was an historic conference, wasn't it? It seems they're always historic, conducted as they are by prophets, seers, and revelators. But it was quite fascinating that this conference had a lot to do with our youth and with our changing times. So the... Uh, for Strength of Youth Guide, almost miraculously, I don't think that's too much to say, miraculously, was uh, pulled together in the aftermath of the pandemic when all the resources in the world were constrained such that uh, we were able to launch it at General Conference with printed copies and translation into 50 languages. All of that just speaks to the importance of what the pamphlet is about. When people first look at it, they can see that there are some major differences. And, of course, if there weren't going to be differences, we wouldn't have done a new guide. But those differences come around a theme that we should be used to in the church by now, and that is that we're moving to a higher and holier way where the guidance that we receive from the brethren, from the church, from each other, is less prescriptive and more spiritually based. We're being asked to... You know, not look to somebody else to decide what our standards should be, but recognizing the weight of membership and the weight of holiness that belongs to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will by itself prescribe how we behave and how we, uh, how we dress and how we comport ourselves. We've seen this same shift in other things like ministering, in the way that we are being taught to 
keep the Sabbath day holy. We're seeing this same shift in the missionary handbook. And over and over, you can see that President Nelson and the others who lead us are trying to lift us from a a law of Moses preparatory situation into something that allows us to live a higher law. And I think it's just natural. I mean, President Nelson said, you know, my dear younger brothers and sisters, you are among the best the Lord has ever sent to this world. He said you have the capacity to be smarter and wiser and have more impact on the world than any previous generation. And this is a natural result of that. In fact, I look at my own family. I don't know about you, brethren, but I look at my own family. I was raised with a fair amount of force. Okay. Bachman, you I, needed those rules. Okay, Brad, I didn't need that. <laughs> Reminder of the true statement. So I raised my children with far less force, far less, and much more recognition of their valiance in the pre-mortal world, their ability to make choices and so on. They are raising their children with even less force. And so you see this natural progression of respect and regard for the valiant's ability to choose wisely, make good choices. Your question being, tell us all we need to know about the booklet. The answer probably is best contained in Elder Uchtdorf's general conference talk, where he laid out the principles around which this booklet was written. And uh, we would urge everybody to go back and listen to that a few times before they draw too many conclusions about the booklet. It's sort of fun to note what goes on around us as the booklet contains less thou shalt nots and more consider this as the first impression people might have is, oh, those rules have just been relaxed. And yet it's never really been that way, has it? When we speak of a higher and holier way, that calls for us to be more vigilant about making sure that we're complying to what Heavenly Father would have us do. I loved what Elder Uchtdorf said in conference when he said, this guide is not permission to do whatever you want. The guide is permission to let God prevail, to choose, to draw closer to God. And I think sometimes, you know, when missionaries were first told that they didn't have to memorize lessons, a lot of missionaries were like, yay, that means we don't have to do anything. But in reality— You had to know more. Yeah, as President Lund was saying, it was a call to do more, more preparation, more efforts to make outlines that would meet real needs, more efforts to sense the Spirit, to follow the Spirit. And I think this guide is calling for young people to not do less, but to gain personal revelation, which was also stressed in conference over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. And to understand the whys, this guide is not announcing that the standards have changed. What it's doing is helping parents and leaders teach those standards differently. And it's helping young people realize that they can be guided by these principles rather than by the rules. Rules are important, but they need to be set in homes where families can counsel together about what their needs are. Those rules need to be set at a local level where leaders and youth can counsel together about what's best. The rules don't need to be set at a general church level 
to then be fought about, we can push ourselves toward principles that can really make a difference in our lives. What you're saying reminds me of a family council in my family, Jane and I and our children. And I remember this distinctly, this family council about what it means to come in on time. And we didn't want to put an hour, a time. We wanted to counsel about it as a family and talk about what would be appropriate. And we wanted the children to help govern themselves. And why it's important to come in at all. And why it's important so that they can make these choices. This would have never happened in my home growing up, first of all. Yeah, I'm really curious how that turned out. Uh, It could have been better, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Fortunately, none of my children are here to say, yeah, I remember that uh, family council, Dad. But it turned out well. It turned out well and better. Brad, you reminded me of this quote by Elder Uchtdorf. Is it wrong to have rules? Of course not. We all need them every day, but it is wrong to focus only on rules instead of focusing on the Savior. You need to know the whys and the hows and then consider the consequences of your choices. Close quote. He said, the best guide you can possibly have for making choices is Jesus Christ. Remember that? Yes. Jesus Christ is the strength of youth. And I thought that was so well yeah, stated I, I as think a powerful principle. I, I love uh, Brad's connection here, the analogy to preach my gospel. Yeah. Because it's very much like that. We used to memorize missionary lessons. I memorized. They didn't trust me to be making up stuff. But <laughs> we, you know, we would memorize the lessons. But the sense was that that was so constraining. You know, you're working so hard to remember the words that you know, somebody else wrote that you didn't come up with your own. And the new modality was... This is your mission. You bring your testimony. You bring your ability to receive inspiration in the moment to this thing and go in and teach the gospel the way that the Lord will teach you to teach the gospel. Well, that's really the strategy of this for Strength of Youth pamphlet. Teaching got better because the uh, teaching that went on was the result of a direct relationship with the heavens in this world with the craziness that goes on and the different viewpoints that are coming from disparate and desperate sources— our youth need to be able to hear that still small voice and guide their decisions by that. One thing that Elder Uchtdorf said in the leadership meetings and not in the general session of conference, the words touched me deeply because he said, I long for the day when our youth are not defined or recognized by what they can and cannot do, but rather they're recognized because of their love of Jesus Christ. Which is the symbol of their lives, right? Yes. To, to quote another teaching from the training by President Oaks. And President Iring said, you guys remember this? He said, tearfully, I remember this, we trust teenagers to sit in council and receive revelation. He was just speaking our Powerful. language Powerful Sarah, moment, as, a, as a presidency and, and the young women presidency. It's just powerful. And we don't want our youth to be able to say, well, I'm a Latter-day Saint. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ. And it means I can't do this and I can't do this and I can't do this. And we don't want that. We want young people to say, because I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, then I know that I love God and I love my neighbor. My body is sacred. I seek light. The truth makes me free. If we can have young people starting to explain the way they live by sharing principles 
rather than I can't do this and I can't do that, then I think we're one step closer to the division that Elder Uchtdorf has of being defined by our love for and our discipleship of Jesus Christ. As you say that, it makes me think that we are initiating the conversation, not reacting to... Remember Elder Gary Stevenson's conference talk? You're from Utah? You're you're from Utah. You can't do this. You do that. You do this. And someone else is framing the conversation. For the Strength of Youth Guide helps the youth frame the conversation. I love that. And Elder Uchtdorf actually says in his talk that the Savior has very high standards for all of us who follow him. And yes. and so we're not lowering the standards. We're actually raising the bar to the ultimate standard, which is looking to the Savior in all things, right? Right. And Great under comment. the new booklet, the backdrop against which decisions will be made won't be a booklet, but a mission. President Nelson has said so profoundly again and again and again – The most important thing going on in the world today is what? It's the gathering of Israel. And you are a generation that's been preserved to come to this time where you have the capacity to be the most influential in the history of the world because you're a child of God and God has a work for you to do. That work is the gathering of Israel. So if that is the backdrop we're looking at, how can I best accomplish that work for which I was preserved to come in this age to perform? The reason of the timing of my existence, so how should I behave? How should I dress myself? How should I look? How does the way I dress affect my ability to be a light in the world Mm. when that's the reason I'm here? Beautiful. You know, another thing that I think is significant to mention about the guide is the way it starts. Not only does it have a powerful expression of confidence from the First Presidency, But the very first section says Christ will help you. I think in past guides, we may have seen repentance mentioned maybe at the end of the guide as kind of a follow-up. But here we see repentance mentioned right out of the gate. The first thing that people are reading is how Christ will help us, how his grace, his power is available to us because we are covenant makers and covenant keepers. And that message, I mean, right in the guide, it says in the first presidency's message, one of the very first things it says is there may be times when you don't feel strong or capable. That's normal. Especially in those moments, turn to the Savior. He is the strength of youth. And that's such a unique shift from the way that we have approached standards in the past that I just want every young person to realize that that's the message. Christ can help you. No matter where you are in applying these standards in your life, no matter where you are in your journey of discipleship, Christ can help you. He'll meet you where you are, and he will help you move to these higher levels. Brad, let me italicize and circle and highlight your comment and extend it to to parents. Because I'm naturally, perhaps the way I was raised or whatever, I am more maybe because I'm a lawyer, I'm more rule-based. I'm a little bit more naturally rule-oriented. And so some parents out there will feel like, where are the rules? I need to have a conversation with my 15-year-old girl about 
the height of her skirt or my 15-year-old boy about whether he's going to date, and it doesn't say that specifically, I would say to these dear parents, this is an opportunity to teach your children correct principles and help them govern themselves, not just leave them alone, but help them govern themselves to counsel and to help them feel the Spirit. I witness, we witness, don't we, that the Holy Ghost will help you in this most important mission. If the most important work you will ever do will be within the walls of your own home, then the Holy Ghost cares about that and will help you to convince, will give you the power of God unto the convincing of kids. We've had a lot of young people in the church now graduate into young adulthood, and they're very aware of the rules. They're very aware of the thou shalt and the thou shalt not. But some of them have missed that connection with Christ. And the thing that keeps us going is not the rules. The thing that keeps us going is that connection with Christ that assures us that we can have the power to strive to live the way Christ lived and strive to become like him. Let me circle back to this lawyer situation. (laughs) We can't let a lawyer comment go on on challenge here. For everybody's information, Steve Lund is a lawyer. He's a consummate (laughs) businessman, but he went to law school. Don't try to deny that. Every time we have a presidency meeting, it's like the beginning of a joke. Two lawyers and one teacher (laughs) walked into a store. Let the record reflect. I'm actually a recovering lawyer. One of the reasons. Is that lawyers, lawyers and twelve-year-olds like to have rules, though, is because they can immediately start picking at the edges of the rules and find ways around them. Yeah, and that's the unhealthy thing about a list right. of rules, isn't Exceptions it? Exceptions and so on. But uh, let me point out uh, something that uh, you know very well, Ahmed, that the book does actually teach to the test. That the booklet contains Temple Recommend questions. Yeah, and that's the actual test. That's sort of the litmus test of whether it's working or not. You go through and look at the questions that will be asked when it's time for you to go to the temple and receive the gifts that are available there, and that's a pretty good guide. Is this decision I'm about to make going to draw me closer to the temple, understanding the requirements of getting into that place? If so, then it's a good decision. Or is it going to maybe pull me away from being able to answer those questions properly? Yeah, and they're right there on page 36 and 37. Yeah, and throughout the booklet. Yeah. I think it's beautiful the way that our church leaders have chosen to include the young men, the Aaronic Priesthood Quorum theme, the young women theme, and the Ten Commandments. Mm. So again, Sarah, it's not a matter of the standards have changed. No, the commandments are the commandments. What's changed is that hopefully we can teach those in a way that will be more meaningful and more motivating for youth as they are empowered to make decisions based on their own personal revelation. Yeah, and we all like rules for the very reason that you've explained, because they set these guidelines for us, and then it makes it easy for the parent not to have to own responsibility in some of these issues as a mother of... I was going to say, you sound like a parent, Sarah. I, I, I I have two daughters at BYU, and... A third who is a senior in high school, and 
I'm going to take my booklet home tonight. <laughs> and to our listeners, we all have these new booklets around. One of the things that I want to address is how Elder Uchtdorf started his talk. He says, my dear friends, if the Savior were here right now, what would he say to you? I believe he would start by expressing his deep love for you. And I can feel it in your voices. I can feel it as I listen to you talk about the youth. Certainly, I know how I feel about my own children and all of their friends. How have you seen manifest the Savior's love for the youth of the church? Let me tell you a place where I saw that manifest. During general conference, there was that session when there was a youth choir behind us, just singing with this clear, remarkable voice they have. We turned around afterwards and just looked at them for a minute and actually got to go up and shake hands with them after the conference. That was fun. It just made my bones almost melt, the love I felt for these great young people who are going off into the world against significant headwinds but committed to doing Heavenly Father's will. You know, so much of President Nelson's focus has been on the youth. We've seen that as he has traveled through his global ministry. We've seen it every time he speaks or is around the young people of the church. Well, Sarah, the first thing he said in conference, his very opening remark was he was so thrilled about these FSY conferences that have been going on all over the world. And these youth conferences that are making such a difference for our young people, that was the first thing he said. Well, let's talk about it. That has been such a hallmark of so many Latter-day Saint young people's summer experience this year. What is some of the highlights of FSY from the summer? And I talked about this in my general conference talk a little bit, this amazing experience we had of seeing this arc of growth that these kids would go through. I was just stunned at how active Heavenly Father Spirit is in that environment. Yeah. That it's not like, you know, there's this wave of spirituality that goes over them. It seemed to be an individual conversation going on with these children and young people, one at a time with the heavens, where not at the same moment, but throughout the time, there was this accretive, developing sense of place and belonging and courage to go and do the right thing. It was just so stunning to me how active Heavenly Father Spirit was on an individual basis with those young people. Whatever was going on anywhere in the world, FSY was giving young people a chance to gather, to be able to sense that they're not alone. And some of them coming from schools where they're the only member or communities where they face nothing but ridicule. And yet they came to a place where they could see others and they could feel connected to other young people. And they realized that they weren't fighting this battle alone. They saw counselors who became role models to them. And they said, gosh, if if he can be cool and he can dance cool and he can be funny and yet he reads his scriptures and he loves the Lord and he lives the gospel – That just signaled to them that this is something they could do too. And I think it just created this environment where people realized, I do belong. This is my church. It's not my mom and dad's church. Yeah, an environment where Heavenly Father could say through the Holy Ghost, I love you. Yeah. So many of the comments back were about the love of God. Right, right, guys? So many. And the Young Women Presidency, and we're all unified. I mean, the six of us feel like one giant presidency. 
but they, in their experience as well, it's all the same. I think, I don't mean to be Johnny Raincloud, but one of the biggest tragedies in the Book of Mormon is this one in Mosiah 26, which I'll read quickly. Now, it came to pass that there were many of the rising generation, in verse 1, that could not understand the words of King Benjamin, being little children at the time he spake unto his people, and they did not believe the tradition of their fathers. And note how basic the things were that they did not believe. They did not believe what had been said concerning the resurrection of the dead, neither did they believe concerning the coming of Christ. Now, because of their unbelief, they could not understand the word of God, and their hearts were hardened naturally, and they would not be baptized. They would not join the church. They remained a separate people as to their faith. And the Children and Youth Program is the answer to this. The FSY Guide, a guide for making choices, is the answer to this. FSY is the answer to this. Mosiah 26, 1 through 4, will not happen in our day because the Lord has revealed through prophets and apostles, seers and revelators, his answer to this problem. And our rising generation are responding. That's what I hear President Lund saying. You, you know, also said that at, at Education Week at BYU. I love that you brought that up because I've always scratched my head about that. They went from a near-Zion society you know, following. Yeah. They had no more disposition to do evil. To in a generation, their kids didn't believe it. Something disruptive happened there. Yes. How did they go from that to that? Their parents obviously were trying to teach them something came into their society, I've got to assume from the outside, that disrupted the flow of that testimony from generation to generation. And it feels not unlike what's happening with social media today. Yes. Where there are attractive, compelling, beautiful voices coming from lots of directions at them that are trying to shape their view of spirituality and sociality and what's right and wrong and so forth. I think we really live at a time when that is exactly our peril. Values are being disrupted by some new intervention that's being injected into society. And I agree with children and youth generally, and the For Strength of You program specifically, it's going to be a huge help to keep our kids moored to the kingdom. And can I just add one more thing to that? That's why the focus by the apostles and prophets and the rest of us who follow them on Jesus Christ. That was where this generation dislodged. And I was with um, President Bonnie Corden in St. George uh, training on one occasion, and we had been talking about this, and she made a powerful observation, which I now repeat every time I go somewhere training in a tribute to her. She said, you know, and yet, when you look at the Stripling Warriors, there's another rising generation group much later in the Book of Mormon. They, not one was lost. So what's the difference? And we don't know a lot about these children of the King Benjamin era, but we do know that the Stripling Warriors were called upon to serve and to save each other, to do hard things with the gospel of Jesus Christ and with their faith in Christ in particular. And when she sort of opened my eyes to that. So the Children and Youth Program, how powerful, how great a blessing we have that prophets and apostles have steered it toward the work of salvation and exaltation on the part of youth. And it's working. This summer, I can't even tell you how many young people would come up to me and talk about significant changes that they were making in their life because of the closeness to Christ that they felt at FSY. I know there are young men who are on missions, even as we speak, 
because they went home from FSY this summer and they started filling out yeah. their applications. Yeah. These were young men who said, no, that's not for me. I'm not doing that. I'm not jumping that hoop. And yet at FSY, it wasn't that somebody was there saying, go on a mission, go on a mission, go on a mission. It's not like that was being beaten into them, but that was the natural consequence as they felt closer to Christ, as they recognized the importance of his atonement, then the natural consequence was that they wanted to share it. And no longer were they afraid. No longer were they saying, yeah, but what will people think of me? Instead, they were saying, I am ready to get out there and let this world know that this is the solution. And what caused that? What was the disruption that happened there that caused them to go from one level to another? I think you described it well in your conference talk, Steve, because it was a consistent experience in the scriptures um, where they were not just reading, but they were discussing and talking about what they read and learned. I think it was a consistent chance to hear some dynamic gospel teachers share some gospel principles and to be able to participate in those learning experiences. I think it was a chance to share their own testimonies. Wasn't it Elder Stevenson who said that as we share our testimonies, Mm -hmm. then the Spirit bears witness of what comes out of our own mouths? Oh, I saw that over and over and over. Sarah, President Lund tells parents, walk through fire to get your youth to FSY. (laughs) I mean, and and I've been repeating that as I've been on the road. We got to, and I think this will naturally happen. We we had uh, 103,400 roughly youth in North America attend FSY this year. I think next year is going to be higher because the youth are talking about it. There's such a buzz in the community. But if you've not heard, follow President Lund's counsel walk through fire to get your youth to FSY next year. We're going to do that. And then let's shift because as we think about FSY next year, opportunities for youth coming up, I also want to talk about the 2023 theme for our youth. That comes from Philippians. And it says that I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. This was something that both presidencies, jointly, unitedly, by the sensation of the Holy Ghost, recommended to the First Presidency and the Twelve, who embraced it, and now it's the theme for next year. And it goes right back to the FSY guide and Elder Uchtdorf's comment, Christ is the strength of youth. And that's exactly what Paul is saying. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so it's amazing I think we would all agree, right, brother? It's amazing how this all lined up. Some cosmic genius put all of these pieces together, and now the youth theme for next year actually aligns with this booklet and everything else that we're saying all centered in Christ. And it builds. It builds on this year's theme, which was trust in the Lord. And as young people have learned to trust in the Lord with all their heart— Now they need to learn how to step out and do things with the help of Jesus Christ. I just hope that people will recognize the context that this scripture comes in, because it's verse 13, but verses 12 and 11 also add some important information, because 
we're seeing that he's not talking about, oh, you can win every trophy, you can win every game, you can win every election, and you can do anything because Christ will help you. Now, that's not the message. Look at verse 11. It says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Christ can help us learn how to be content and happy and joyful regardless of our circumstances, just as President Nelson has taught us. Look at verse 12. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I know I'm instructed more fully to be hungry and to abound, to suffer need. So he's talking about some of these horrible situations that he's been in and how Christ has been his help and his strength as he has been able to deal with circumstances that have been out of his control. But he's learned how to turn to Christ for strength. And that's what I'm hoping the young people will walk away with this year. I hope that our youth and all of us will tune in on the last half of that. Yeah, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Yeah. That This is the need of our age, isn't it? How often do we hear from kids, I just don't know what to do. I feel adrift. I don't know. I can't find any moorings. I just need somebody you know, to help me find my way. And this is the way. You know, I'm not finding it right now, but in the pamphlet, it refers to the word wisdom. And remember, the word of wisdom says that if you keep the word of wisdom, that you'll have an increase in knowledge and understanding. Yeah. And so while you're wringing your hands saying, gee, I don't know whether I should do this or that, or I'm not sure, you can start at some basics and say, well, am I doing the things that unlock those promises, unlocks the strength? If I draw closer to the Savior through the things that I eat and don't eat and how I treat my body, if I draw closer to the Savior by keeping the Sabbath day holy and go down the list, I become strengthened. I gain more confidence. I become a stronger creature, a better agent under myself. My anxiety will diminish. My lack of self-confidence maybe improves. And so this all comes together into one whole, doesn't it? That the needs of our time, of our youth, is to find a better way forward. And that better way forward is defined by these principles. We could talk about the youth of the church for a very, very long time. So we'll for sure have you back. And maybe the next time we do it, we'll have the Young Women Presidency with you, too. Oh, Wouldn't that be that would so be much fun? fun. Yeah. But by the way, if Mark Pace and Brother Camargo and Brother Newman were here, the Sunday School General Presidency, they would say, oh, that's the theme because next year's Come Follow Me is the New Testament. <laughs> that, that's what they would say. So I'm going to put a plug in for our brethren uh, in the Sunday School Presidency. <laughs> who are also uh, engaged now, with the youth. Who are also engaged with the youth. Now you're talking crazy. That's pure coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> that's the so don't forget, Come Follow Me next year in the New Testament. Well, as we wind up, I want us to keep our thoughts on this theme We have a tradition at the Church News Podcast where we always give our guests the last word, and we let them answer the same question. And so as all three of you, brethren, contemplate the theme and relying on the Lord and looking to the Savior in all things, what do you know now? We'll start with Brother Wilcox. I think that as we've watched the world emerge from the pandemic— I think we're seeing some people who are emerging bitter and others who are emerging better. 
And I think a lot of that has to do with how they have let this experience either draw them closer to Christ or make them more and more angry with God and the church. I've seen people who have shaken their fist at heaven and said, why would God allow something like this to happen? Not just the pandemic, but whatever is going on in their lives. And I've seen other people face the same circumstances and extend an open hand, seeking the help that God can give. And I just am so grateful that we are able now to gather again, to strengthen each other, and to look for opportunities not to stay away, but to look for opportunities to gather and to help each other as we try to strengthen our relationship with Christ. I just returned from a training trip to Africa. This is the first time in our presidencies that we've been able to travel internationally because of the restrictions Mm -hmm. of COVID-19 pandemic. But it was so amazing to me to see that those people not only are back to the same number attending church that they had before the pandemic, but they have more people attending than they had before the pandemic because people are just hungry to gather. They're hungry to strengthen each other. I went to church. We got there about 40 minutes early, and there was this lady with canes that she was carrying. Her legs didn't function very well. Her hands were full of arthritis. She had cataracts. She had hearing aids. And here was this little grandma who was there a half hour early. And then the bishop asked her to say the opening prayer. She made her way to the front, and then she said, Thank thee that I am well enough to come to church. And I just thought, man, have we got some lessons to learn. Here is this sister who has walked, heaven only knows how far, and got there a half hour early because she's so anxious for the sacraments, so anxious for the, the brotherhood, so anxious for the, the grace that she can access as she renews her covenants. She's just so anxious for this that she prays, thank thee that I'm well enough to come to church. And yet there are still some members in our communities that are saying, I want to find any excuse not to go. And I just hope that we can turn to Christ, that we can gather, that we can feel the spirit and strength that we felt at general conferences last weekend. And I guess what I've learned is that it is there. If people will just open their hearts to it, that strength is there. It is available. It's real. It's powerful. I've seen it in Africa. I've seen it in the youth. And I've seen it in my own life. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm. One of my missionaries from Guatemala sent me a, a WhatsApp message with a recording of himself as one of two spokespersons on Channel 7 in Guatemala City talking about the general conference that was going to be shown on that channel for the whole nation. 
and he was so proud of it, and I'm so proud of him, and he did such a good job. The Lord is flooding the earth with the truth. We are seeing the fulfillment of prophecy right before our eyes, and everyone will be able to go and find the word of the Lord. And for the Strength of Youth Guide and the Children of Youth Program, and more broadly, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the prophets and apostles, uh, prophets, seers, and revelators that, that the Lord has placed before us and, and to lead us. We just have this flood of the word of the Lord as prophesied. Lastly, I would say we had uh, people hear the Lehi's teaching that there's an opposition in all things, and, and many see that as a negative comment. Oh, no. And things are going good now, so there's there's something negative around the corner. But the opposite is true. When there's a pandemic, when there's death, when there's sadness or sickness, there is good attached to that by eternal law. And we are seeing some of the blessings of the negativity that we've seen, you know, over the past few years, a couple years, and we're living it. We are as positive and optimistic and happy as can be for the rising generation and for their parents and for the future of the church, Sarah. I really do. And we hear the prophets and apostles say this all the time, but we really feel burning in our bosom that the future of the church is in good hands. And I bear witness of that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What I know now is being colored by my most recent experiences, I suppose, yesterday I attended a funeral of a sweet neighbor, a young mom with three children who uh, passed away. And uh, I heard a story from the dad that just a week before she passed away, uh, she had a big event coming up and she went down and picked out a dress to take this very elegant affair. And she had a chance to choose between all of the things and this was not a church affair, and so, you know, she could had lots of latitude in where she could decide. But she brought with her what she had learned. She was one of my wife's Saturday girls back in time, you know, who had grown up thinking about, seriously, about how she presents herself and how the world sees her. So she bought a dress and brought it home, but, uh, but she never got to wear it because she passed away. And uh, as her family went to find her burial clothing. They find this boxed dress still unworn, and so they took it down to a a store to trade it in on something. Actually, they thought, wouldn't it be nice if we could buy something, find something just like this? And they found the exact dress in white. And so she actually got to pick out her own funeral dress. I find it so interesting that the dress that she picked out was completely appropriate for her to be displayed in front of her family and the world and, and be buried in. If that were a standard that we were to try to follow, we'd be in a, in a pretty good place. We live in a pretty cynical world, and without the light of the gospel, this is a dark place, and uh, we understand where that cynicism often comes from. What I know is there's no room for cynicism in this church. We follow a living prophet. We follow... He whom he follows, the Savior of the world, who intends to lead us into brighter uplands where our decisions are going to all be shown to bring us closer to happiness and more fulfilling lives. 
I know that the gospel path is that place towards happiness and joy. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You have been listening to the Church News Podcast. I'm your host, Church News Editor Sarah Jane Weaver. I hope you have learned something today about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints by peering with me through the Church News window. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. And if you enjoyed the messages we shared today, please make sure you share the podcast with others. Thanks to our guests, to my producer, Kellyanne Halverson, and others who make this podcast possible. Join us every week for a new episode. Find us on your favorite podcasting channel or with other news and updates about the church on thechurchnews.com. Thank you.